Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. Joined in the studio now by Melinda Martin. She is the CEO of the Shepparton Art Museum. Good morning, Melinda. Lovely to be here. I'm really pleased to hear that nothing at Sam was damaged in the floods. We are so lucky. We became a bit of an island in, uh, I think a lot of people have seen the footage that, you know, I think the ABC was showing flying over um, Sam. It got close. Um, I did get a very nervous email from one of the um, architects who designed the building going, just how is everything going? We were really lucky that everything was safe and sound. So that included Kayla Arts and the Visitor Centre as well. So we're very lucky. How close did it get? It got up to sort of near one of the back steps at the back of the um, building because we're just on Victoria Lake. Um, And the car park was, you know, it would have been perfect if you had a gondola. (laughs) Or a kayak. We could have done VIP parking for you. (laughs) Um, And the kind of turning circle in the front was um, filled with water as well. So it got pretty close. And, of course, Wyndham Street was cut off. So um, we are very lucky, though. But presumably, you know, it was designed with the floodplain in mind. And um, apart from Kayla Arts, all the artwork is not on the first floor, is it? Yeah, so we're very lucky. um, The artwork starts on the the first floor, not on ground floor. And then um, all our collections up on level three. So our storage is kind of very safe and sound in terms of that. Um, yeah, I think we're, we were really lucky in comparison to lots of other businesses around town who, you know, had to do lots of sandbagging and things like that. So we are very lucky in terms of what happened. So you've been closed for a while? Closed for a week because we couldn't get people in. The road, the main road was cut off, but we couldn't have also get anyone in to park their cars or anything like that. So we had to take the decision to not be there for a week, which meant that our team... Did lots of, you know, all those caught up on lots of admin tasks and other things. We also dropped in kids programming to one of the relief centres as well. So we were constantly thinking about what can we give back to the community. Some of our team members volunteered and helped out um, supporting services in the community as well, which is lovely. So you reopened yesterday? We reopened yesterday, which was lovely. It was really nice to be back in the building and have everyone back at work. And we're just starting to get on with the plans for the the rest of the year. What are some of those plans? Oh, we've got (laughs) um, the the new big show that we will have that will open in mid-December is Ceremony, which is the fourth um, Indigenous... Um, triennial that comes from the National Gallery of Australia. So that will take over Level 1 and Level 2 galleries for our summer show, which will be really exciting. We're the only Victorian venue to get this show. So I'm really looking forward to um, being able to share the stories and the artworks in that exhibition. Before you go on, what does that look like? Are we talking about lots of different art forms? Yes, lots of different art forms. There's paintings, there's ceramics, there's digital work, all sorts of really interesting work made by contemporary Indigenous artists from around Australia. Um, We then also were showing, changing over in our community gallery, so we had shown Ponch Hawks' exhibition and that's nearly um, come to an end in late November and then we'll be showing um, a local artist um, who has been working with um, Carolyn Espinade, our community curator, to really develop a solo show of her work. So she's making these beautiful ceramic objects and she's been able to use the kiln on site because we have a ceramic collection. That means she's been able to make much bigger work than she can produce in her own kiln at home, which is really lovely. Who is that? That is Aliska Miskford. I really hope I've pronounced that right. <laughs> um, 
so she's a local artist who we've been working with for about I think about three or four months now so that'll be a really exciting show and then that will change over early next year into Fresh which is the um, Goulburn Valley sort of top arts VCE kind of show as well so that's happening Um, the children's gallery will change over shortly too Um, And we're working on a sort of really interesting project, which is called All Together Now, which is really about like the idea of family portraiture and whether we've, you know, sort of drawn on that kind of, you know, awkward family portrait (laughs) that you sometimes see floating around the internet. Christmas jumpers. Bad Christmas jumpers. Mm. We are inviting people in to be part of that project. That sounds like fun. Uh, just talking about the Ponch Hawks exhibition, 500 Strong, showing, you know, portraying um, images of older women basically naked, mm-hmm. sort of challenging those ideas about, you know, all bodies are young and, you know, taut and beautiful <laughs> and perfect, which, of course, none of them are, mm. you know, because um, most of them are airbrushed and photoshopped anyway, even even um, in images of young women. I've really, um, I've been in there a couple of times to look at it and there's so much in that. It really invites people in. I've noticed that they spend a long time. When If they do come, they do spend a long time because it's so many different black and white images mm. and every s- image is different and portrays something different about those different characters' photographs. So it's a, it's a really interesting one, I think. I, and it's really interesting, even just talking to Ponch about how she took the photographs to start with. So sometimes people would come in and they'd be like, no, I don't want to show my face. I I want to show my face. I don't care. And then she talked to them about their roles and what their jobs were. And she was like, you need to put a mask on. (laughs) You need to, because you don't know how, where these images will end up. So she was very conscious of that. But how that's been interpreted differently by all different women. All different people. And I think there's a really interesting, from talking to some of the women, it feels like there's been a point where they wanted to mark something in their life almost like shedding a skin, if you like. They're kind mm. of stepping out of themselves into a new kind of journey or a new point in their life. Sometimes it's celebrating something really positive in their life. Other times it's marking a point from like, you know, having had surgery or breast cancer or something like that. So really interesting stories. One of my favourite moments is I was coming up in the lift to have, from being at an appointment and there was a grandmother with her two um, granddaughters who would have been maybe 13 or 14, about that age, and they were started, she was talking, she wanted to show them this work, that bodies are all different sizes mm. and shapes and stuff like that. So I just followed them out to listen to the conversation. And it was fascinating that these young girls were like, wow, okay, there's all this diversity. There are all these different shapes and sizes and it doesn't matter. It's interesting, isn't it? Because mm. you can say there are, you know, all different uh, shapes and sizes, but if, if people don't see that... Yeah. You know, what do they say? You need to see it to be it sort of thing. Um, If you only see what's on your phone or what's being, you know, posted on social media, for young women, that kind of sense of what they need to be and who and who they are is really awkward. Yeah, it's really concerning. I, I don't have daughters and I'm almost glad because that is such tricky territory and boys don't quite have the same pressure on their bodies, mm. I don't think. But mm. it's definitely challenging some stereotypes, that yeah, exhibition, isn't so it? so it was really interesting to be part of those conversations and it's been really interesting to hear people just really respond to the ideas in the show and really warm to, like, celebrating the women and celebrating the bravery of the women in our community as well. Yes, so there's a number of women in the community who got involved. That's right. So get along and see that before the end of November. Yep. Anything else you need to let us know about? Oh, there's so much on. We're about to do a whole heap of kids programming. We're running our SAM Studios for VCE kids at the moment. So that's happening where um, 
we w- they work with an artist for like a six-week block to help them um, build their skills and things like that. So that's, that's all happening. That's fantastic. Like, I don't think things like that were happening in schools when I was at school. It's that great community collaboration. And I think, like, for me, I remember, like, you know, having a local art gallery but having a local art gallery that you can participate in is Mm. um is accessible and accessible Mm. so we're doing a lot of work in that space and then we're just really thinking about stopping and learning what's happened this year what are some of the things that we'll bring into the program into the coming years what are the things what are things that will look like what are the things we want to do so really just doing a bit of planning and thinking and i was going to ask about that because covid (laughs) has certainly um you know kind of parlayed its way into a lot of art and expression and no doubt the flooding will as well. I think so. I think it will take time for artists to actually digest what's happened. I think artists are really interesting because they're often people who spend a lot of time on their own making their art. So having a room of their own and quiet space. But I think suddenly they all had their families at home with them in their studios or some people couldn't go to their studios um, because they weren't a lot, you know, in Melbourne where I was living through COVID, you had a 5k radius and you couldn't kind of leave that spot. So I think for lots of people, that process of digesting what happened, what is that experience that we went through? And similarly, the flood, I think people will, I mean, I think there's really been amazing things to watch in the community of people coming together to support each other, people talking to their neighbours, checking in on people to make sure that they're okay, if they got everything, um, you know, we know that like in our little team at Sam, someone we knew had water through their house. So there was a big call for boxes and I just moved. I'm like, here, take my boxes. So there's a lot of, um, I think people come together in crisis and help people through difficult situations. And I think artists will kind of digest that and in the next little while we'll find the outcomes. It's also the changes in nature as well. Mm. At one point I was, I was putting uh, flood up- updates on Facebook just because I've got a lot of family far flung and letting them know that, no, we're okay. And at one point I put um, a, a picture of flood water on sunset and somebody said, oh, is it okay to say that's a really beautiful photo? I mean, there was this beauty among the kind of terror and that, I would imagine, has a, has a big impact on artists I as well. I noticed that too. Like, I noticed these really beautiful reflections of trees in water and really, and it became very quiet and, very, and it reminded me a little bit of those COVID lockdowns of that quietness. Um, and we were locked down. I mean, a lot of us were cut, cut off. We had yeah, to stay at home. So there, yeah. there are similarities, but thankfully, um, you know, when, well, if we, if we play our cards right, mm. the flood doesn't make us sick which is one good thing yeah and i think it's just one of those it's it was a really interesting experience of the quietness of of the flood i think when you know other natural disasters seem a lot more loud and the flood is kind of stealth-like and quiet so i'm really interested to see what that what the outcomes are for artists as they take in that experience and then make something of it okay just a bit of a shout out to finish uh, uh, for for the museum itself when's it open we're open seven days a week from 10 till 4. I've been complaining about those hours for a couple of years now, Melinda. <laughs> Do you think we can get it open later? I mean, this idea that, I, you know, you can take your kids after school to the museum, that really appeals to me. But with it closing at 4, oh, I've got a secret hard. plan. There's some things that will be happening in the next little while that will make you very happy, but I can't good. reveal too much. I'll have good. to come back. Oh, good. And I know that uh, you've been doing some night events too, which has been nice. Are we going to see some more of those? Yeah, we will. We're looking at, we're just looking at all the programming and looking at, you know, what can we do? Can we extend our hours later on the weekend? What are the other options that we can do? But also coming up with those really exciting little 
projects that people go, oh, that's interesting, and I'll pop in and see that. So just pop in during those hours, check things out any day of the week, and it is free. So it is get in there to your community gallery. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Melinda Martin. She's the CEO of Shepparton Art Museum. Thanks, Melinda. Thanks for having me. This station, FM 98.5, subscribes to the Broadcasting Community Code of Practice. The Code of Practice is a set of agreed standards that have been developed by community radio stations across Australia. They reflect the unique principles of community broadcasting and guide stations in a whole range of activities, including complaints handling and Australian music content. If you'd like a copy of the Code, please contact us during business hours and we will mail a copy to you. Do you need it knocked over or smashed up? Keith McRae Demolitions are your demolition and environmental cleanup specialists. Equipped with EPA trucks and a mobile concrete crusher. They're also licensed asbestos removalists. Call into their yard where they stock a huge range of second-hand timber, steel, aluminium windows, all at super second-hand prices. Call Crowbar Demolitions today on 58299413. of 1FM. Snake season is here. Have you serviced your snake repellers this spring yet? If not, book a service call and let Jason's Pest Control update your batteries and check your repellers are right to go for this snake season. You don't have snake repellers yet? That's okay. Call us now and get them professionally installed. Protect your kids, pets and yourself. Our snake repellers are the best on the market and even have a two-year warranty. For more information, call Jason's Pest Control now. 1-800-599-699. 1FM sponsor. Daryl here from Aussie Ag Supplies. Just a quick message. Retractor parts for many brands of tractors. Most of you good listeners know the brands of parts we carry. Over the busy times ahead, if you need new or used tractor parts, call Aussie Ag. Our stocks are large, plus glass doors, etc. Our wrecking stock of tractors is growing along with used tractors and machinery. Call Daryl on 0428 235000. I'll repeat that, 0428 235000. Seven out of ten cars stolen today will be stolen using their own keys. Make sure you leave your keys out of sight, behind a locked door, and visit www.howsafeismyplace.com.au to find out more simple things you can do to protect your home and family. It's a free service from Neighbourhood Watch in partnership with RACV. HowSafeIsMyPlace.com.au You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.